one in the books, and we are stoked about it. What's up? It is the Aired Out Podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. InsideTheHashes.com. Go ahead and find everything football there. You like college football? We got you. We like the pros? We got you. You like prospects in college that may someday be pros? We got you. Go ahead and check it out. InsideTheHashes.com. The Aired Out Podcast going on right now. Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, Tyfuego. And uh, me, your host, Kevin Crockett. And week one, as we said in the books, fellas, just as we predicted, a Tampa Bay-Baltimore Super Bowl is ahead of us <laughs> as they were the two <laughs> highest-scoring teams this week. Uh, probably my first takeaway there uh, was what Tampa Bay done went in in New Orleans and did. And I, I thought – I mean, I think we all had low expectations when we heard Nathan Peterman was going to start in Buffalo, but I don't think we all expected Lamar Jackson to be playing the whole second half. Of that game. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Uh, your reactions to those games or your takeaways from the weekend? What did you feel from uh, week one? I think everything you said about Buffalo last week was completely on spot on, especially after the whole Baltimore-Buffalo um, game. That was just terrifying to watch, especially if you're a Bills fan. And now it's even gotten Sean McDermott even questioning, like, well, our stat, our quarterback status is up in the air this week. I'm like, after one week? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but um, the biggest takeaway I have is the Browns' losing streak is finally over. They tied, (laughs) sort of. Yeah, they tied, but they're no longer losing. But still didn't get that Wi-Fi password for that Bud Light containers to open uh, up around Cleveland yet. That's for sure. Yeah, but my biggest takeaway from the game because I saw the entire second half in overtime. I think I've already seen enough of Tyrod Taylor to say that um, Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley. Start Baker Mayfield week two. Uh, Taylor, just, like I understand coming back from twenty twenty one to seven, but you've had. It's weird that a defense is able to comprise not one, not two, not three, but six turnovers, and you still weren't able to. You had multiple opportunities on your side of the field to get at least a field goal to win that game, for a city that really needs a win, especially in football. That's not college, and you can close the door on that. I've seen enough of Tyrod Taylor, that interception he threw, you know, that essentially clinched the game to go to overtime, him not be able to really move that ball, move the ball for a better field goal opportunity when it was hard raining. I've seen enough of Tyrod Taylor. I I can't agree with that. The only reason I say that is because, uh, one, we're talk- it's a divisional game. It's not like they were going to walk in there and run in this. It's the Steelers. Like, it's the, a divisional game. This team is like literally it's the first year together where they have to gel. Like they they haven't played an actual NFL game together. This is the first like I think we overact to to week 1 a lot way too much. It's week 1 and again, he didn't do anything to lose the game. Like I understand he didn't do much to win the game, but he didn't do enough well, to I'd, lose the game. I, I'm going to go to Chris's point and say that turnover, that interception. I, I, listen, the, I agree. I agree with that, but in in overtime he puts the team in position to to get a field goal to, to win. And what happens? It's blocked. That's not Tyrod's fault. He did what I mean, cuz here's the thing. We praised Tom Brady for doing that in the Super Bowl. And then Adam Vinatieri kicks you know, the field goal to win. Like, we praise him for doing that, but then we, we condemn Tyrod Taylor for doing the same thing. He put his team in position to win the game in the end. When well, is Tom Brady's it. team in the Super Bowl gets six turnovers and still only has 21 I, points listen, to show for I, it? I completely understand that. And I, like I said, I do believe they need to put up more points. But to my point, I'm saying it's week one. They haven't gelled yet. Like, they have a new offensive coordinator. They have a new uh, quarterback. They have new receivers. They have a, uh, a receiver in Josh Gordon who's just coming back. They have a new running back. 
this and they have a new left tackle. This entire team, like the uh, on the offensive side, needs time to gel. It's the first week, and it was uh, like I said, it's the a divisional game. To be honest, nobody even expected the Browns to be in the game with the Steelers. If we can be honest, like I that was I, my week one upset. No, to me, I, I I had them getting destroyed, especially if Le'Veon played. But you know. If we're going to go to to answer the question, that that actually is my is my standout is, is James Conner. I, I was not expecting that from that guy. Like I expected a good game. I expected him to have anywhere from eighty to maybe you know one hundred five in rushing. And I, I was actually thinking like a um, a receiving touchdown. But to have you know over a buck thirty and two touchdowns, that's that's huge. Like he he really um, I guess kind of put. <laughs> Le'Veon in the tough spots, essentially, I guess, because of the fact that, you know, they it, it seems like, you know, they don't really need him, quote unquote. Granted, you know, the um the Browns defense isn't, you know, you know, some some Fort Knox where you can't, you know, do anything to but at the same time, I I I, uh, I appreciate what I saw from from uh, from Mr. Conner. I'm going to go ahead and lean Chris's way a little bit more on this one. I don't know that I'm ready to give up on Tyrod Taylor yet. Obviously, weather was a fact. I mean, it was a mess in Cleveland on Sunday. But uh, I don't know that I'm ready to pull the plug on Tyrod. However, week one last year, Pittsburgh and Cleveland played, and Deshaun Kaiser got them down to the goal line with a chance to win that game and didn't do it. And obviously, a little bit of a different cast of characters at that time, but. Uh, you know, I'm 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 certainly not ready to write off Cleveland or Tyrod Taylor at this point, but you get six turnovers in a football game at home, no matter what the conditions are, you you have to find a way to win. Now, do I think there should maybe be a little bit more of a quote unquote leash on Tyrod Taylor? Maybe, but the reality is uh, there's things about the playbook that we don't know with the Cleveland Browns. Is Baker Mayfield ready? I, I think there were a lot of rookies. You know, speaking from watching the Eagles-Falcons game on Thursday night, I think I expect a little bit more out of Dallas Goddard. Does that mean his head isn't completely in the playbook yet? There, there's obviously mm. trying to be a rookie in the NFL, let alone a quarterback in the NFL. There is a lot to digest. So maybe they're just thinking, okay, this is exactly what Tyrod Taylor is supposed to be. Great expectations were high. You brought in a lot of people. Maybe you were thinking playoffs because you brought Tyrod Taylor in, who was a playoff quarterback last year. I understand all those things. But, um, you know, maybe you just want to kind of give this guy the chance to be exactly what he's supposed to be. Bridge that gap. And when the time is right for Baker to come in and you feel confident enough to let him take over, you take over. I'm just, that- I'm just, more, of a, I'm just more of a believer of trial by fire. I don't think that you were just sitting there and just learning the playbook from the sidelines and just going over the tape. I don't think that's really beneficial for rookies nowadays like it used to be. Like when you look at Sam Darnold on Monday night, when that first play he threw across his body and he threw an ugly pick six, that's a learning curve that he just had like right there. Like, okay, mental note, I can't do that in the NFL. And then when he got right back on it, he was, you know, going through his progressions, you know, slinging the ball down the field, two more touchdowns later, and next thing you know, they blow out the Detroit Lions on the road. That's why I'm more of an adamant of trial by fire, like putting these guys in and then learning for their mistakes. And for Cleveland's situation, Baker has a lot more to work with than any other rookie quarterback that's going to go in. He has a lot more, like Jarvis Landry is probably better than any wide receiver, Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Josh Allen or – Lamar Jackson is working with. Same with Josh Gordon. Um, he has a good three-headed monster and uh, Hyde, um, Nick Chubb, and, Dave, and Duke Johnson Jr., and two really good tight ends. I agree and disagree at the same time. Like, I agree with, you know, uh, the sentiment as far as, like, you know, kind of like a trial by fire thing. 
But at the same time, I also like it. Uh, to me, it just it's situational for me. Like it just depends on what you feel like you're getting from you know as far as the talent level um, at that position. For example, Aaron Rodgers sat for four years before he got a chance to to, to play. And look at what happened. Like he, I, granted, he's more of an exception to the rule than anything because he's he's a freak athlete. But at the same time, he was able to sit back. He was able to absorb. Um, I feel the same way, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he was able to sit back and absorb from Tom Brady. So I feel like they're even, even you know, Matt Castle, like he sat back, absorbed from Tom Brady a little bit. And then when Tom Brady went out, they went, they did well. Now, but at the same time, then I agree with you, you know, like I said, and that's why I said I agree with the sentiment because you got uh, guys like Peyton Manning who was thrown into the wolves and you look out how his career, you know, panned out and different things like that. So I think it just depends on what you think you have at the position. And then, the other part is, like, Sam Dardo has less pressure than Baker Mayfield. Like, if Baker Mayfield, he's, he's the number one overall pick. If he starts week one, there's way more pressure on him to get a win for the Cleveland Browns than there is for Sam Darnold to beat the Lions. You know what I mean? Like, there's not as much pressure because nobody's really ex- – like, there's n- the expectation for the Jets isn't extremely high in the first place because of the division that they play in. So that's number one. Number two, the expectations aren't really high because – like you said, to uh, um, uh, uh, the Jets don't have the weapons that Cleveland has, so you you could say that. Oh well, if he played bad, oh well, who's he going to throw to? So I think I think it's a little more pressure on Baker Mayfield, and I think maybe that's the reason Hugh Jackson decided like to just allow him to learn a little bit more. That way, when he when he is thrown to the dogs, he's kind of a little more prepared. But I agree. I also agree with that Baker is is kind of uh, he's built for that. Like that's he's 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 had to deal with that his entire career. So yeah, well, I'm kind of going to disagree with the pressure because I don't understand Baker's number one. Like Sam Darnold's the number three overall pick. He's playing for a top five media market mm-hmm. for a team that really hasn't had a franchise quarterback since I want to say Vinny Testaverde. I mean, you kind of thought you had it in Mark Sanchez. But, yeah, exactly. But, and more, yeah. and you brought up Mark Sanchez. Like, think about where he came from, USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The expectations from USC quarterbacks aren't really that high. Um, Carson Palmer, probably the best one out of that entire Right, so no years. pressure. It's, it, it's totally a lot of pressure. Like, then, like, you thought the expectations from Matt Leiner to John David Booty, um, Matt Barkley. Um, he, the pressure of, like, oh, he's going to be a bust just because he's from a USC quarterback. That's another added load of expectations. And then, more importantly, you're in a division in which – you're going to have to go against probably the greatest head coach and quarterback combination to ever step foot to a field. That's a lot of expectations. For, for me, you. that's no expectation. Nobody's expecting it. Like, to me, I, I'm not thinking like, oh, Sam Darnold, yeah, he's the number three overall pick. He's got to go in and beat Tom Brady. I'm not thinking that. I'm not thinking about a lot of quarterbacks won, who have been playing. Cleveland, Cleveland's win won one game in the last two years. Okay. So and that, what real that, expectations for Cleveland you really have outside of like five or six again, wins? Again, like I said, it, that is only contingent upon Baker Mayfield starting week one. If he starts week one, that is a ton of pressure. That is way more pressure than it is on Sam Darnold starting week one. I'm sorry. Like, you just said it. They have not – they didn't win a game last year. And he's supposed – like, they drafted him first overall, let's, let's be real, to be the savior of the Browns. Let, let's just be real. You so don't Darnold draft wasn't a, drafted to be you, the savior of the no. Jets? I, I don't yeah, well, know that I can. I don't know that I don't know that I'll agree with that because the whole year leading up to the season last year, everybody basically said that they were tanking for Darnold. So now you've got Sam Darnold, who was pretty much fell into the it, Jets' lap. Obviously, they had to trade up to get him a little bit, but I think there's much more 
pressure to be the quarterback of the New York Jets than there is the Cleveland Browns because because I'll say this all that all that um, Baker Mayfield has to do is go into Cleveland and show a little bit, get them to a, a better reputation. Like there's no mm. expectations there. Sam Darnold is expected to be the savior, to use your word, savior uh, Sam of of the New York Jets of that mm. franchise, and they quote unquote tanked in order to get him and now he's in there and he's the guy that the the expectations for the Browns as a franchise I think have always been so low that Baker Mayfield just has to get that back to respectability the Jets have had a run of respectability they're looking for a guy that can take him take them to that next level and that's where the pressure is on Sam Darnold I understand that and I'm not saying that there is no pressure on Sam Darnold for me it's a different level of pressure for Baker Mayfield again like you are the number one overall pick like more, and like, like to y'all point, like everybody was raving. All the experts were raving about Sam Darnold and how he's the best quarterback prospect to come out of this class and yada, yada, yada. And then the Browns said, yeah, but we want Baker. They decided to, 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 to go with the guy who wasn't the, like the, that guy. And they were like, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take a, a, a risk on this guy. Heisman and, says otherwise, but go uh, ahead. Uh, listen, I agree. But what I'm saying is, that is a lot of pressure to, to, to come in and be like, well, we decided to go with the guy who wasn't the number one overall pick in everybody else's mind. We, we decided to go with him. And then on top of that, like I said, we didn't win a game last year. So he's got to come in and he's got to be successful. And then, you know, we've, we've built the team around, you know, we've got weapons around him. So there's no reason that he should lose and yada, yada, yada. I just feel like it's, it's more pressure. And like I said, to be the number one overall pick, to me, that, that that that's just more pressure. Again, I think they both have a lot of pressure on them. I just think Baker has more. If he would have started week one. Now, because he didn't, then obviously, yeah, the the, pre- the, the pressure is way, more high, way higher than, uh, for Sam Darnold. All I'm saying is that you could put the Jets and the Browns side by side, look at the quarterbacks that they've had over the past 15 years, and look at the success rate that they've had over the past 15 years with quarterbacks. They're relatively the same. So, in regarding right. to expectations for Baker Mayfield and compared to Sam Darnold, it's relatively the same because these are two franchises that have had no luck finding franchise mm-hmm. quarterbacks over the past 15 years. So, the expectations are about the same. And more importantly, when you look at the Jets, the Jets were 10 and 6 like two seasons, like three seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles is fighting for his job right now. So, if Sam Darnold really doesn't. Did you do- not? <laughs> Well, fair point. <laughs> well, well, Todd Haley. Well, Todd Haley's eventually. Hugh has a bad season. He might be fighting for a job, yeah. not even necessarily well, I'm his just, job. Well, I'm just saying, like Owen sixteen, he still kept his job. Todd Bowles is still fighting for his. That's that's all I'm saying. I think my big takeaway from Week One, if we're going to come back to this Jets Lions game, is that first play should never, never have been called. That was clearly designed to be that throwback kind of play, and I understand. You want to get a little tricky. You want to get a little creative on mm-hmm. your first play, but that is the number one rule of every. Qu- anytime you ever see a quarterback turn and act like he's throwing it across the field, as a fan, you're watching and you're going, "This can't be good." There's a, there's a one in a million chance that we actually get anything productive out of this play. I'm going to ask you this though, because this is going to be the conversation. This was the conversation in the off season. One game done, we could go back and do it all over again. You you saw the first game, you know it. The Giants are picking at number two. New general manager, new head coach. I was, 
I loved the talent of Saquon Barkley and Quentin Nelson were clearly the, the, the top two players, in my opinion. You could make an argument for either one in terms of talent mm. coming into the NFL. Uh-huh. Uh, and my big thing was I thought there was no way the Giants pass on a quarterback because typically a general manager and a head coach, new head coach, are going to want – if we're going to go out, we're going to go out on the guy that we hung our hat on. Yeah. And typically that's when you draft a quarterback. Job security for the next 15 years. Right, wrong, or indifferent. A lot of guys do that. And they took Saquon Barkley second, who I think is going to have a fantastic NFL career. Scratch all that. Had, had, a, had a huge run in week one. Otherwise was rather pedestrian out of the backfield, but I think a lot of people maybe anticipated that with the Giants. If we redrafted today, after watching week one, does Sam Darnold go number two to the Giants? No. Yes. Woo! I got to think I got to think he does. I got to think he does. I got to think he does. I, nah. I, again, a, 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 a decade kind of all decade kind of running back has all of that potential, but we all know the track record of running backs. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's Adrian Peterson, who, mm-hmm. speaking Leon of Bell. week one surprises, how about that guy? But I no, wasn't surprised. I mean, I listen. I I, I, I expected. But, but, uh, <laughs> I, no, you you have, and, and in fairness, because we were even joking that you were going to take AP first in that fantasy draft, <laughs> uh, joking around. But in fairness, I think outperformed a vast majority of people's expectations. Certainly for Week One, I think we could all agree on Definitely. that. Definitely. Uh, but. You know, we're talking about a quarterback. We're talking about a guy who showed out on Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. big, stage, big stage, had his first play. You can't have a worse first play than that. Came back and led that team to not only a win, and obviously a big credit to the players around him for getting them there, but yeah. a huge win on Monday Night mm-hmm. Football. I, I just think I think that the talk forever in New York is going to be whether Darnold should have gone two to the Giants. I don't. I, to me, I, I just don't see it because for me – as much as I'm not a fan of Eli, like the guy still does have two Super Bowls. Like they're stu- they still have Odell Beckham. Like they have enough weapons for Eli to be good. Great, maybe not, but they have enough weapons for him to be good and good enough to get them to the play. Like, wait, wait, I, feel I'm like stop you, uh, I have to stop you right there. Okay. I just have to stop you right there. I was about to stop him, but go good ahead. enough. <laughs> yeah, See, I'm, no, 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 no. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I want you to think about that as a if you are a general manager, if you are a head coach, if you are a fan win you a Super Bowl. of the New York Giants, you don't want good. But you're just telling me, are, are the New York Giants going to go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl this year? No. Okay. Are they going to the Jets? Uh, in five years, are the Jets looking more primed to possibly go to a Super Bowl than the Giants are right now? I don't know because, like I said, you get a Saquon Barkley in, and you how many every year. In the draft. Wait, 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 wait. wait. No, no, no. I'm going to hold you up. Ready, ready, ready? Real talk. Okay. Real talk. In five years, you, you're the general manager of both teams right now. Mm-hmm. In five years, you're the general manager of one of those teams. Which ones are you picking? Jets or Giants? Say it. You can say it. You can say the Jets. Giants. Uh, I just don't uh, think that's correct. The re- listen, I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with the Giants. Now, I understand the division that the Giants play in is harder. I understand that. Um, I understand that what you know Tom Brady's on basically on his last legs probably. So we think it, he could yeah, go right. to sixty. Exactly. We don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so it, 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 the, the path might be easier. But I just feel I'm just old school. I feel like running the football is running the football and playing good defense is what what wins championships to me. That's that's just me, right? I understand that the la- landscape of the NFL is changing. You know, you want to throw the ball around, different things like that. But I feel like and this is me. I feel like Saquon Bar- Saquon Barkley is one of those transcendent players number one number two i think because of his talent level the because of the fact that odell just got his money and you got him on the contract because of those things i think that 
According because every year in the draft, what we're talking about are what are we talking about? The quarterbacks. We're every single year. We're like so quarterbacks are always coming out. Now, granted, obviously not all of them turn out to be Peyton Manning's and Tom Brady's and yada yada yada. But I feel like if you plugged in a quarterback in that situation who was you know maybe a top prospect, uh, prospect showed good talent, showed the things that you wanted from a quarterback. With those weapons, with the with the the fact that you can lean on your running game and you have an Odell Beckham, and that defense, that defense is good. I, I mean, are they top Ooh. five right now? Ooh. I wouldn't say that, but I think the defense is good enough. Stopping to, a to Blake do, Bortles offense without Leonard Fournette for like after the second at, during the second half is not really a good barometer. Again, yeah, I'm, no, not, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Ta- I'm not. Again, I I never said they were great. I said they were good. I think they are good. Well, let's but, let's but, not but, let's but, not forget that two years ago they were a top five defense. Like, and they didn't lose too much other than yeah. And a year ago they couldn't J- get to the quarterback at all. Okay, and that was because the offense couldn't do anything. That they had nothing to fi- do with the offense. They were on the field ninety percent of the game. If you can't get to the quarterback, I thought Eli was good enough. Good enough. Again, that's, that's that's the hard thing with the running game. That's the hard like, thing. Like this is I, we I preface this. This is what the whole entire question was about: Saquon Barkley or Sam Darnold? Yes, with the right running game, with the right running back. Oh, yes, man. I'm taking Sam Darnold. I mean uh, Saquon Barkley. No, you got it right that time. You got it right. When you <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm just saying. Saquon. Like I feel like you're moving the goalposts in order to justify your claim for Saquon Barkley. I'm but not. Here's my thing. Like Sam, think about it. Tom Brady's going to retire. Uh, mm-hmm. Within the next five years, you Agreed. think he might? I don't know. He's bionic I, I, man. I don't, I don't know. He might get bionic <laughs> legs. And might play seriously. But we don't know. But, we don't know. But, but, I, like, but when I you agree. look at but when you look at the AFC, when Tom Brady goes and like Ben Roethlisberger, he might be on the scene there because he's been flirting with retirement for the past mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. That AFC is going to be wide open. Agreed. You still have the Jags, who has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. But can you really trust Blake? Can you really trust Blake Bortles? I mean, granted, they're my Super Bowl like prediction to come out the AFC, but. You're going to be looking for that next tier guy. I think mm-hmm. the Jets did their hard, did, did, got the hard part out of the way. They got their quarterback. I wasn't really that big of a fan of Sam Darnold coming out, but they did the hard part. Mm-hmm. Now all you got to do, like next year, find a number one wide receiver because the guys they got now, like a Robbie Anderson and Quaka, they those guys are good complimentary guys. Like all you got to do is find wide receivers, build an offensive line. You can run the ball by committee now. It's not really like necessary for you guys. For you to have like that Le'Veon Bell or that Shaquan Barkley, now you can have a running back by committee. James Conner showed that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Philadelphia showed that with Jay Ajayi and Corey Komet. It's not really necessary for you to have that top tier guy. And when you look at the lifespan of running backs, it's, it, it's tough for you to really hang your hat on a guy like Shaquan Barkley, who I really like for the longevity as opposed to a Sam Darnold, especially now with the rule changes now to continue to protect these quarterbacks. Yeah. You're going to have a guy for the next 15 to 20 years. Mm-hmm. We're opposed to like a Saquon Barkley in which you're going to probably have throughout his rookie contract. And then when it comes time to pay him, it's just like they might give him the Le'Veon Bell treatment, just tag him out until they use him out. And then next thing you know, he's a free agent and people are going to be skeptical of giving him all that guaranteed money. I'm going to hold you guys up here because this is a conversation that as this goes on and on and on and on. I mean, we're going to be – this is going to be the debate forever. This is going to be yeah. the debate forever, especially in New York. Should it have been Darnold or should it have been Barkley? And yeah. that's something that's obviously going Welcome to present to Inside. Itself. Welcome to Air It Out Podcast. You're yeah. 2030. Right. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. It's, it could be something that we look back on. But um, just to get to my ultimate point, my biggest takeaway from the weekend was whether you love him or you hate him, whether you love him or you hate him, and I feel like he's this kind of guy. There, there's not a lot of people on the fence about him. Yeah. 
You were rooting for Aaron Rodgers on Sunday night. Oh, oh definitely. If you were not a Chicago Bears fan, if yeah. you were not a Chicago Bears fan, well, even they were. My cousin's a Chicago Bears fan. He's like, Dude. and this is exactly <laughs> what we've been talking about all off season is healthy stars, superstars. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers did exactly what every single football fan wants Aaron Rodgers to do. We. I mean, literally, anytime any player goes down and immediately grabs their knee, you go, I hope it's half the season. I hope it's just half the season. Right. I'm like, no. The, I, I felt like a Packers fan. Like The card yeah, comes out. Si- no, I'm, seriously, playing, seriously. I'm playing Avery in fantasy this week, and Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. And, and I'm I was thinking, like, no. You got to no. be kidding me. I'm like, there's no way. Aaron Rodgers felt, goes out week one. There's I felt no like way. I felt like Simba from The Lion King, like telling Mufasa <laughs> to get up. Like, <laughs> yeah, just get up, yeah. Rod. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah. But then the cart comes out, and you're like, okay, this is shout out this to the best it. movie ever. And then Khalil Mack is terrorizing. Oh, oh, the Raiders and the Bills. God. Their off seasons are going to live in infamy. But then Gruden's oh, we're, comments. We're going to be talking about that uh, all season. Gruden's <laughs> comments. Kids, oh, I'm telling you, I was on the floor yeah. hollering when he says we need a pass rush. I said. What? Yeah, I, what? I know a guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah. come on. Wait, yeah, just we, got paid we, uh, about one hundred forty-one million dollars. Can we talk about something? One person in general, Alex Smith, underrated or underappreciated? Ooh, or overrated? Like, let's think about He's it. Not overrated. Everywhere he goes, he wins. Everywhere he goes. Yeah, but he wins the same way Andy Reid goes everywhere and wins. He doesn't get it over the top. And that's what's the true. stigma around that's, Andy Reid? Hey, you're right. You're, you're right. I I'm like just Alex about, Smith. I'm just talking about from a quarterback standpoint. Like, Ready for this? Wait, 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 wait. wait. Ready for this? Wins. Ready for this? Ready yeah. for this? I think he's good enough. <laughs> I think he's good <laughs> enough. Uh, but we were talking about Aaron Rodgers, and he, and he comes back, and you saw he walked out of the tunnel with Man. swag. Now – Still don't know what the situation is with him because even in his post game, him saying that I couldn't injure it more than it already was leads uh, you to believe that this this probably is something at least relatively yeah. serious. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm thinking sprained MCL. Now, uh, real talk. You know, Chicago got after and they were able to protect. I think that offensive line really were just like mm. okay that like. How many times do you actually get like a wake up call? Like, okay, we 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 have to protect okay, this dude. Number fifty two, don't let him get past the line. Seriously, like, uh, but now Minnesota and Ooh. Green Bay are getting set to play each other this week. And as excited as you were to see Aaron Rodgers, obviously Minnesota's a team that knocked him out for the season last <sighs> year. Anthony Barr, whatever the situation is, and Aaron Rodgers, it sounds like he was the one who said like. I'm going back. Sounds like maybe he had some push, and he said, if I can't hurt it anymore, I'm going to go out. Uh, yeah. If you're Mike McCarthy, if you're the Green Bay Packers, are you starting Aaron Rodgers week yes. two? Yes. Yes. I don't uh, know. It, it's it's, it's a particularly difficult. A one-legged Aaron Rodgers is better than Deshaun Kaiser. I don't disagree with that, but uh, if a one-legged Aaron – I mean, do you want to have a situation like Andrew Luck where you got a guy who misses two seasons – wouldn't you rather have Aaron Rodgers yeah, for yeah, eight yeah, weeks than yeah. possibly not having him for 15 and a half, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's – I think I think Aaron going back into the game is – to me, it signifies he knows the risk and he knows what he has to do to make sure that he he doesn't – now, obviously, you know, you can't foresee the, the – 
the catastrophic or whatever like the, the you can't foresee something out of the norm happening like you know a lot of these guys like like these tackles when they're when they're uh when they're blocking or whatever and then they get beat and it's kind of like the guy is falling to the ground and then they get rolled up on like I I saw that a couple times uh with a couple quarterbacks um as a matter of fact that happened in the in the Raiders game when and there was a penalty called on Aaron Donald for it um and it's just like he was just getting ridden to the ground and he I mean he's not just going to you know he wants to get the quarterback on the ground so hopefully that's not the case but at the same time, the way Aaron played in the second half, I saw like he was he was making sure like he was getting that leg out the way. Yeah. So and I think I think I think he'll be all right. Yeah, and Crockett, um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, um, about like Carson Wentz and like his ego. I think Aaron Rodgers is like he has that yeah. That he definitely that magnifies yeah, he's got a and chip. it's just like nobody else is gonna win this game for me except for me. He knows the situation of the NFC. It's tough sailing throughout. You got the Rams. You got the Eagles. You got the NFC South all together. You, your division is even tough. So he knows the risk, and he knows that we're not going to get the playoffs if I'm going if I'm going to decide to put my health like as weird as it sounds. I'm not going to let myself like putting myself out for a few weeks because a few weeks is all it's going to take, especially in the NFC, for me to miss that playoffs. And two things, he it's. If it's a situation where it can't get hurt anymore, then it's just a pain tolerance thing at that point. It's just like, can you withstand the pain? So that's number one. And then two, he said he said it best. He's kind of like, I sat behind Brett Favre, who who's like the epitome of like, I'm going to play hurt. The ultimate <laughs> Iron Man. Like it's like I don't I don't care. Like if if I can walk, I'm going on the field. If I can throw, I'm going on the field. So I think I think that that mindset is you know. What it, it, to me it just makes him it makes him legendary. So. Yeah, and closing remarks. Can we talk about that throw he threw to Jerome oh Allison? Oh my god! Like one leg, <laughs> oh he had to torque his whole body. Corner right end zone. That dude. That was probably his, the best throw I've ever seen. His arm and accuracy is just ridiculous. You know when you see quarterbacks like in the off season, like who'd be the first one to throw the ball in the bucket or who can hit the crossbar on the goalpost? Like that was that. That was the bucket throw. They yeah. always say drop it in the yeah. bucket. Yeah. That was the bucket throw right there. Well, Vikings Packers just one of the many. You hate to say big or key divisional matchups early yeah. in the season, but Packers-Vikings, Panthers-Falcons, Texans-Titans all playing this weekend, and maybe the one that means the most of two teams. You don't want to say must win already, but Cowboys-Giants on mm. primetime television. You, you kind of get the feeling that if one of those teams doesn't show up, it's a, it's a long season ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Real quick. This is just off topic. I know it is. I know it is. But I, I ju- it just came to my head. So I want to Alex give Smith a shout- is good enough. <laughs> no, <laughs> I want to give a shout out um, to uh, the world. Uh, what is it? World Surf Organization or whatever. They are the first um, American sports, uh, I guess, entity to uh, offer equal pay for men and women. Um, as far as their war- as far as their winning. So I, I just want to shout out to them because that that to me to me that's huge. I can't argue with that. Equality wherever you can find it. I think we're all uh, in pretty good support of that. So that's going to wrap up uh, week one of the NFL season for us. Looking forward to week two. Can't wait. Like we said, a lot of big divisional matchups, some big interconference matchups that uh, that look great on the schedule. So for Christopher Thomas, Avery Collins, Tyler Brando, I'm Kevin Crockett. Wrapping up the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes. Find us on InsideTheHashes.com. All your college news, all your pro news. We've got a fantasy league going right now. One of us is number one in the power rankings. I'm not 
not going to name who, but showed out last week. Go ahead and check it out, insidethehashes.com. We'll catch you next week, everybody.